Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High and Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from Percy'sGrowing.com. In this week's Grow Guides, because it is winter up here in the Northern Hemisphere, we're talking about the best way to keep your grow room warm, and that's different ways of heating, different ways of insulating, and just things like that, you know, to keep your grow room nice and warm efficiently, so you're spending less on electricity. Uh, we also have some great questions at the end of the show in the listener mail section. And if you have any questions you would like to send us, then you can send them via email. You can send them on social networks like Instagram and Twitter. Just drop us an inbox. Or you can send them on the thread over on postiesgrowroom.com. So don't be shy. If you have questions, then send them to us. We always like to hear from you guys. Also, uh, on Sunday, it will be the last live show for a couple of weeks because we're going to have a little break over Christmas. So make sure you come and join us on the live show on youtube.com slash high and homegrown on Sunday at 9 p.m. GMT, 4 p.m. Eastern and 1 p.m. Pacific. We'll see you there. But for now, let's get on with the Grow Guides. I hope you enjoy this episode. See you in a bit. So it's so cold over here in the Northern Hemisphere that even the guys who wear shorts all the time are wearing trousers. They're not really. They're still wearing shorts, as we've just discussed. As Billy said, just out there in in minus five in budgie smugglers. They're just uh, douchebags that do that. They're just like, look how tough I am. Fuck you, you're wearing pants. You're fucking dumb. Yeah, just don't get it. Just don't get it, man. Is is, uh, anybody in chat one of those people? Who yeah. wears shorts? Probably you not. Fuck you. you know, if you are, stop no. fucking listening to the show, man. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. You know, you know why I jest. Shit. Just 20, just 20 listeners drop off the watching now. You know what I mean? We all wear shorts here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's fucking cold, man. It's fucking cold. Cold is... I might have an interesting opinion on this, actually. And I did speak about this with Jordan in his interview. that He thought it was interesting as well, because... Yeah, it's a yeah. We'll, we'll introduce the the problem and then let's get into some solutions and potential solutions. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, especially here in the UK right now, and I'm sure the UK listeners know, and people in Europe, the price for electricity and gas has skyrocketed this year. So it's costing like double what it was this time last year. So keeping the grow room warm efficiently is like very important right now because you don't want to be spending too much fucking money doing it and you've got to be as efficient as possible so you don't just pour money down the fucking drain so and you want your plants to be happy you know your plants can't be sitting there fucking 10 degrees they won't like that they need to be around 20 at least you know between 20 26 that's good temperatures for the plants and that's expensive to keep your hands at 20 degrees and plus nowadays so you know you want to heat your grow room properly and efficiently. Keep the heat locked in there for as long as possible. Keep the cold out as much as possible, and you know just do your best for as cheaply as possible. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about different ways you can do that. Now for bubble hug, this is uh, because you are in Australia. You are in fact enjoying summertime, so people might be wearing shorts where you are right now. If people aren't wearing shorts, then they're nuts. Yeah. Yeah. As it's getting warm, like last couple of days being 30 plus, and it's not, not even 
summer <laughs> like no. summer's going to be a bit savage although we have been told that um we're only going to get a short reprieve and then we're going to cop all the rain again for next year and then sort of this time next year they're talking possible drought conditions so you know lots to look forward to and all mm. of that mm-hmm. um but yeah, no, it's 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 more. Um, if you've got stuff growing indoors now, you'd be looking into cooling options, not warming options. So. Yeah, and we've already had that episode, so go and check that one out. We have. We did it yeah. about six months ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm saying. So, but yeah, TG, well, you're there. Uh, the uh, TG, you're on like minus five. You said, and that's not even started for you, is it? You get like minus forties and shit. You freeze out. We there. had minus forty six the other night. Damn, oh. what the fuck oh. is that about? Yeah, it was 30, 37 with just like how does anything it? survive? Do you go out in the house when it like <laughs> not if I don't have to, man? It's fucking cold. No, what, what point is it? Do you have to? Well, you go out for work and you go out uh some well, I've barbecued before, you know. <laughs> It's um, just minus 40 and you're out there with a pair of tongs on the deck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it gets to minus three here and the country shuts down. I know. Yeah. If it was ever like that down here, we'd have climate protests going on. So it's not, <laughs> we just don't see that. I mean, yeah. you know, they do get some snow up in the higher elevations and things like Perisher and all of that, but like not, you know, you, it's not like you're sitting on the coast where oh. we are and all of a sudden you get snow. I have a question then. Why are so many Australians like into snowboarding if there's no like snow there? Where do they go to snowboard to learn? Uh, well, you get you go up into into Perisher and that. So okay, so you do have boarding and shit like there. Yeah, yeah. So there are some places that does that do get snow, and we do have um, quite a few nice slopes. But yeah, it's. I just it's remember not, like in the when we go to the mountains in BC, like like I don't know, probably definitely over fifty percent of the lifties and and the, the staff there are from Australia. Just here yep. because the season and they go back over there mm-hmm. we'll see a lot of them a lot of them too I'm, I'm assuming they're the ones that are working and you've got like the hospitality side of things as well there's mm-hmm. a big pool um here where they go oh you know go to go to canada and enjoy the snow season up there and and you go and and you can spend like you know kind of like you guys come here and backpack right we yeah. kind of do the same thing okay. um only we go where it's cold because we're sick of it being too hot so yeah, makes sense. You bet you fucking regret that pretty quick. <laughs> well, no, you see, this is yeah, like I'm because I'm saving up to do a trip, um, but I won't fly cattle class, so it's going to cost me like twenty grand just to, to fly over. Oh yeah, man. Where you remember we're all the way down the bottom there, mm-hmm. floating around mm-hmm. on our own. So we we um, it cost us money. Like I think the flights were about ten grand because um, I'm going to fly business. I'm not going to fly with the clubs. Uh, you should fly with the plebs, man. It'd be much cheaper. <laughs> I know, You're going to sleep cheaper, most of the time anyway, right? Nah. Well, yeah, but see, this is my problem is like, because my back's as bad as it is. If I sit, like, even just a flight from um, New South right. Wales to Perth here is like five hours. Mm-hmm. By the time I get off that plane, I'm in pain. So if I'm going to do a trip that's like 18 plus hours, I, no, man, I'm, I'm doing that in comfort. Yeah. So, Planes are expensive, man. But anyway, yeah, so grow rooms and cold. Yeah. So, um, so what do you do, TG? Because you must yeah. have uh, many heating appliances. You're in the basement as well with your grow, right? Yeah, well, you know, the assumption is like 
you're not growing like in an outhouse or something if, you, if you're growing in an outhouse in saskatchewan like at this point in the game i don't know why because it's illegal and you can do it in your house with tents and things but yeah you generally like you just here you wouldn't grow outside so that's not really an issue if you don't have an insulated building you wouldn't grow in there either it just gets too fucking cold that it's like either it's a heated building um or it's not and you don't use it um, but there are places like my old house that i was in around the foundation it had like it was a really shitty house that was old and hadn't really been upkept right and there was actual holes like under the steps of my door um oh. yeah i could see fucking light coming in when i was in my basement from that so there was like a probably a i don't know a bowling ball sized hole so yeah. it got sometimes like I had my laser thermometer, I would shoot it at the walls and it'd be like five degrees, six, seven degrees Celsius. The ambient temperature never really got below like 12 or 13, which like you mentioned before, 10 degrees, you're pushing it for, you know, any sort of growth, let mm -hmm. alone just keeping it alive. Yeah. It's just in stasis at that point. So um, what I used to have to do was there's, there's a couple of things that I would do. I got my landlord a to basically bore a hole in the, the HVAC from the furnace that because I didn't have any ventilation. There's no uh, output from the furnace down there. So I, I did that and I had a vent installed. So basically when the furnace came on, it would output a bunch of you know hot air and keep the place a lot warmer, mm -hmm. which helped a lot. But again, you lose a lot of that to like the fucking concrete absorbing it and uh, going out of that hole and, and other mm -hmm. shit. So between that, um, you know, you want your, your room heated, ideally, and not probably with like an electric heater, because if it's that cold that you need to keep it heated, it's going to be really fucking expensive to run a heater and probably really dangerous, to be honest, too. You don't want to have a heater running like 24-7, in my opinion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's just the, the type of appliance that it is, you know. It's risky. Yeah. It's so hot. then would, would it be easier in that instance for you to run an inline with a with sort of a port running into the rest of the house where it's it's warming and then pumping the warm air directly into the tent via that way via a lung basically a lung room yeah well what i i never did that because it wasn't my house and i didn't want to like renovate and shit i put cardboard along the walls to help insulate and i shoved a bunch of styrofoam in that hole you know to kind of block the air you know mm -hmm. do what you can in in the situation yeah, yeah. and it's hard to like say there's any specific way because everybody will have different issues that they need yeah. to deal with. But main thing yeah. is, is keep the cold air out, you know, and keep the hot air in to your, your room. I see. I mean, you said the important thing there, and I think that's the thing which you should explain before everything else is proper insulation, man. It's very important. Yeah. Otherwise you're yeah. just going to heat it and it's going to piss out and you, you don't want that. You want to keep it as efficient as possible. So proper insulation is the good way to do things. Well, and, you know, even going further back, when you're choosing your growth space, don't choose the one where there's no fucking insulation in an outside wall or something, you know, exactly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Have a little bit of pre-planning. Uh, pre yeah. Um, you know, take a thermometer down and put it in the areas you think you might want to grow in and leave it and then go down and look at the max and the min. Like, and this is, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. this will be the range you're kind of looking at. And is yeah. that acceptable? So, and even if you don't have proper insulation, you can buy the boards and build that around, you know, the proper insulation boards that goes in the wall, or you can use rock wall, which is used in lofts and shit like that. You know, that kind of insulation is all yeah. good, but you might not be able to afford that. But even just spare blankets that you can put around 
the grow tent to try and keep the heat in. Mm. And of course, yeah. you don't want to, because we all extract the air out of the grow room and pump it outside usually. But, you know, when it's this hot, when it's this cold, sorry, and you want to try and keep heat in, you don't necessarily want to be venting all of your air outside. You, know, you want to try and keep that heat inside as well. And it might build up the humidity a little bit. And then you can use maybe a dehum to try and reduce the humidity, which also adds a little bit of heat in there. But don't yeah. just pump the heat straight outside, especially if you're using a heater. You know, you got one of them blow heaters that blows hot air into it, and that's just getting sucked straight up by your extractor and getting pulled out. You don't yeah, want that. I happening. wouldn't. I don't like heating the tent mm-hmm, itself. Mm-hmm. I like to heat the room that the tent's in, so it can yeah. just more passively. Yeah, yeah. You know. And like with the insulation thing too, that's more of like a like a home reno thing almost you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In, in a way like if, if your house is that fucking cold you probably have other issues too right yeah. like, and that's the good thing for us because we all are home growers we shouldn't have to worry too much about yeah, it because exactly. we're keeping the house warm but right. the prices of, uh, of heating in the uk right now tg is absolutely ridiculous man so yeah. some people might not be heating up the room that their grow tents in or just heating up one room in the house and let the rest of the house freeze you know <laughs> So, yeah, well, in that situation is it's mm-hmm. yeah, that's a tough one. Got put your heat on, man. We can we'll get more into like the specifics of just you know obviously if you keep your house warmer then that's that kind of solves the problem mm-hmm. the cold. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you if you can't like, and what I like what I've done in the past and what I did in my old house too was I took all of these mitigation because I couldn't fix the insulation in the wall so it did still get pretty cold in my basement. So like what I did was there's two things. Um, you'd run your lights in the coldest part of the day mm-hmm. at night um, when you know you turn your furnace down because you're sleeping or you're or if you work you know you're not away and you so you don't have your house like as comfortable as you would like it because you're not home your light will generate a lot of heat um, yeah. even if, even an led generates a, mm-hmm. a decent amount of heat that will contribute but the other thing i used to do was in the winter time i would actually straight up switch back to fucking hid because as we know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. those motherfuckers will pump out a shitload of heat that's, that's the right with hps and, and metal headlights they just generate a lot of the the energy put into them is output as heat not light yeah yeah that's why they're not efficient but mm-hmm. and we did have somebody bring that up i think it might have been smg who said uh it's in the show notes here let me just quickly check that yeah, if you one of the been reading the comments, but yeah, if you did, yeah, it was then... SMG. You know, discuss false economy, and it's definitely something that you need to consider because the more efficient your LED is, the less heat it's going to give off. And instead of running an LED and a heater, it could be way more cost effective to just put in the HPS or you know a high intensity discharge light, like a mesohalide, halide, a dual spectrum, the, yeah. the high pressure sodium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, 600 watt HPS in a one meter tent, that, that'll be fucking sweet. And if you get fans blowing downwards and it's blowing the air downwards towards the plant, then it's blowing the heat down there as well. And you can also extract from the bottom so it's pulling the air down as well. And then the heat passes through the plants before it gets exhausted. Yeah. I, I used a cool tube, or not, not really. It was a, mm. a hood with a glass bit, mm-hmm. but it was vented straight through. But the heat, the amount of heat that that fucker generated mm-hmm. actually like helped keep the warm or the room warmer, like kind of a little heater. Keep the fucking like, house warm, man. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. You just pump that. If you have a small room, that mm-hmm. amount of heat over time will probably be really, that's because you'll be losing stuff, assuming your, your room is shittily insulated and cold. And that's why you're doing this. 
you know, you might be able to have better balance this equilibrium that mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. generates enough heat. So, so yeah. that, is, that is a good, easy way. I mean, you have insulation so far, properly insulate your grow room yeah. and then don't vent your air directly outside. Try and recirculate as much as possible to try and keep as much of the heat as possible. But, but if there's problems with humidity and shit, obviously you, you don't want that happening. You don't want mold growing in your walls or in your house things like that. So watch your humidity levels there. You can use a dehum to keep that down, which will add a little bit of heat to the room as well when you use your dehumidifier. They do produce heat. So that, that will also keep the uh, the heat up, which is cool. And then go back to the, the HID lights. You know, use your high pressure sodium, get that shit back out. Don't use the LED for just a few months while it's going over the cold period. And, and that's going to help as well. That will you know, be more efficient than running an LED and a heater just to have the HPS running. I was just going to say one one thing we haven't really touched on is what um, what you're actually running and whether you you know because for me, I, if 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 I was put in the position where I had to worry about heating and things like that, um, we're talking what a three month period mm -hmm. that you guys you know maximum three months that that it's really going to be that cold that it's it's a problem that you're going to need to run heating mm -hmm. and things, run an auto. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Generally because you go, you can run an auto on twenty yeah. and four on with with LEDs, and mm. then when the actually, LED comes off, you can use your heater. That's a fuck actually, of a good idea, man. I never thought of that because you'd be running eighteen six, so you'd have longer yeah. hot period the whole time, whole grow, and it's a yeah, and you yeah. can start at the beginning of winter and finish, and you you get a crop through winter. You it's know a good what I mean? Idea. Really mm. good idea. Autos save the day quite often, don't they? <laughs> yeah, they make things fucking easy. I never, yeah, I never thought of that. I mean, I, I still run photo because, like, my house now is is nicely insulated. But yeah, fuck. Mm. I mean, I'm Art. sitting here in a t-shirt now, in my house. So I can't complain yeah. at all. But you know, it's uh, you've also got other heating things as well. You got like them mats, them roll up mats, like heat pads, which can be used uh, for reptile tanks and things like that. They can yeah. be used, uh, and they're pretty efficient. You know, again, you don't you don't really want to use heaters unless you really have to because they're expensive. And if you're using the type where it, like a hairdryer type, you know, a fan that's going to blow out heat, then it's dangerous as well. They can easily catch fire. I want to say easily, but, you know, it's something you're always going to be concerned about. Well, out of all the things you might like a humidifier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's electric, but it's not. Well, it could start on fire and melt the plug. But, you know, there's not there's no element like like if, I don't know if you can see this, but this is my, the heater that I occasionally will use i have my ink bird that when the lights go off the temperature does drop down and especially when i'm drying like i was drying my garage actually when the, the ambience in the garage was like three degrees celsius but i had two of these in my drying tent to keep it at like 15 mm. and you know it, it was not the best solution but it did work and it did keep it hot but mm. again like you were mentioning you don't want something that's like you know you never if know it's got an element that heats up on the inside, you know, a wire that passes current through it and it glows red and then it has a fan blowing that heat yeah, yeah. out of it. That's the dangerous shit. Be very careful with that stuff, man. If the if fan you... ever went, like, yeah, you know. Yeah, fucking It's like hell, a man. fucking computer fan in here too. It's like nothing mm -hmm. great. The best kind of heaters I have come across for grow rooms are oil radiators, man. Oil rads, what they're called. Mm -hmm. And you can get them reasonably cheap, you know, 20, 30 quid and you get a decent one and that will build up the heat inside of it and it's got oil on the inside so it gets you know it gets hotter than just water wood on its own 
and it holds the heat for fucking ages. And so even when you turn it off, it's still going to be dispersing heat from it. And if you've got that linked up to one of your Inkbird controllers that monitors the temperature for you, then it's going to be so much more efficient. It'll be turned on until it reaches the right temperature. Then it will turn off until it's cold again. And then it will flick it on and off rather than letting it just run the whole time. So if you need to heat your grow room and you've already put the, the HPS in, or if you don't have HPS and shit, you know, get yourself an oil-filled radiator. They're fucking awesome for that kind of thing. Really can be point, cheap. So, Ball. On that, I was going to say, <coughs> pardon me. On the, sorry, I just need a dab while you're saying that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> with the with the oil heater, uh, <coughs> oh, fuck, sorry. Instead of running the, a fan <laughs> heater, run a little fan blowing over the oil heater. It's going to probably be a bit better and safer than running a fan heater. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if one goes, it's not really a huge issue, if you know what I mean. Yeah. If the fan dies, well, if the fan dies, it's still going to warm the room, but it's not going to catch shit on fire. Yeah, you just heating is never ideal, is it? It costs money and it adds risk. So mm. just be very careful with what you're doing when it comes to heating the grow room as well. So, how cold is too cold, man? When uh, somebody said, was it Stonewolf? Who said there in the chat? They said a nice little line there. If you're comfortable then your plants will be doing fine yeah there is stonewolf it was yeah. and uh you know if if, if you're fucking shivering in your house then it's not good enough your plants aren't going to be happy man but if you can just sit there like i am now in a t-shirt then your plants are going to be okay at that temperature it doesn't necessarily have to be over 20 degrees you know and all the way up to 26 that's preferred but they will still do their thing maybe not as fast they still do their thing at like below 20, between 15 and 20. If you start getting below 10 degrees C, it's 12 degrees C really. Anything below 12 and the plant will slow down to the point where it's not really growing anymore. It's just trying to fucking stay alive. And of course, if it gets below freezing, you're going to be fucked. You can't let your plant get that far down. You know, the growth itself suffers just, it's less vigor, but Mm -hmm. like nutrient uptake, you, you get lockouts because under colder temperatures i'm not sure which i think phosphorus is affected by the cold yeah you get less um ability for the plant to actually eat phosphorus if that's uh, the right one correct me if i'm wrong but uh Mm. yeah you get lots of issues with cold hillbilly herbie just brought up a great point as well he said i learned a few lessons about watts and one of those oil-filled heaters mounted some cables and a timer and that's it any heater He's going to use a lot of wattage. It, it, will, it will say on the side, you know, you can get them fan heaters and shit. And it's like, that's twice as much as a HPS running. What the fuck, fuck is man. that? The ones we have here are generally like for a just a regular full size, full power heater, 1500. Yeah. It's like a full fucking, like if you yeah, put it's it like in your whole growth. Yeah. It'll, mm-hmm. it'll yeah. That's right, man. So when you put, don't put them things in extension cables, they need to go directly into a wall and, you know, preferably on its own. You don't like plug the 15 watt heater in one plug socket and then put fucking HPS in the one next to it. Cause that's a lot <laughs> being sucked through the plug sockets. You know, I say heaters are, if you, they're the last resort, don't use heaters unless you fucking have no other option. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just, they're so, yeah, they're risky basically. Yeah. They're risky. They cost a fortune to fucking run. And, you know, just try and do what you can by, by what we've already said. You know, with the insulation is a big one. Make sure it's properly insulated, man. And then if you are insulated in your, in your house and your house is heated anyway, 
then your plants should be okay. You shouldn't necessarily be, have to add any extra heat. Yeah. But if you do, yeah. put a HPS light in there. You know, a 315 CMH, man, lets off a nice little amount of heat, good amount of light, and it, it's only 315 rather than 600. But, you know, you're still getting a good amount of heat being pushed off it. But then you also have the big boys. You, you can get a 400 watt HPS if you're worried about, the, you know, the amount of watts it's using because of the price. Or, Double ended 1,000 watt. Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying if you want to cook it you know <laughs> but there's there's options man you don't necessarily have to go to the heater straight away it should necessarily be your last resort because again they're risky you know, they take up a lot of electricity and bad shit can happen man you have to be very careful so well I, well for argument's sake if you're running 800 watts right like a, just a standard 800 watt oil fill that's 0.8 kilowatts an hour you times that by 12, it's 9.6 kilowatts over a 12 hour period. Mm -hmm. What does it cost you at the moment for? I mean, in the UK, you see people paying 35 pence for a kilowatt hour over here in the UK right now. So it costs you $4 in four pound or whatever in heating every day. Every day. That's mm -hmm. on. That's crazy, so right? It mm -hmm. starts to cost money. Yeah, man. So you only do it if you really have to, man. If your plants are like, please, I'm fucking <laughs> freezing. <laughs> and that's the thing, like back to the original, like sort or plan your grow area. Like again, mm -hmm. don't try to grow mm -hmm. outside in fucking winter in Saskatchewan here. And garages as well. Yeah. Mm. You know, some or what about garages? Uh, well, you know, when you're uh, like because uh, you've just been brought up here in chat, if you got a concrete floor in your garage. And oh, you're yeah. growing with your plant pots directly on the ground. Now the the ground is gonna pull heat yeah. out of your pots, yeah. and the root zone of your plants gonna be fucking freezing. So yeah. get your plant pots off the floor. You know, put them on a um, a pallet. You know, them wooden pallets. They're cool. You're just on yeah. a cushion. Anything like to get it off the ground. I put my tent on the ground, but my plants are on risers in, mm -hmm. in the yeah. pot, the catch mm -hmm. pans. Yeah. I already well, do like, get them off the ground. Man. Mm -hmm. I'm running cocoa, so I do that anyway because it's drained to waste. Yeah, yeah. So it's already up off the floor. But yeah. with plastic pots and things, you can always wrap something around the plastic pot to help keep that root zone nice mm -hmm. and warm as well. So as well, long as it's like, not interfering with flow. Repurpose some old styrofoam, you know, stick that mm -hmm. over yeah. your mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's plenty of that, man. And, you know, reduce, reuse, recycle and all that shit. If you can use that polystyrene to do something else rather than just throwing it away, then bonus, man. Do that shit. And um, what else was I going to say? Because we, we need to hit about hydro as well because we're talking soil and cocoa here most of the time. You know, this is what most people are growing. But if you're growing in hydroponics, then it's even more difficult to keep the, the reservoir at a decent temperature because the roots will suffer if it gets too cold. You don't want that happening. So if you're in recirculating DWC, you can get aquarium coolers like you would have for a fish tank for a reasonable mm. price. You know, that will keep the uh, water at a certain temperature. I think it's... A, and they're pretty it, reliable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's around 18 degrees Celsius that you should be keeping the hydro water. I can't remember. I think it's between 18 and 23. But any yeah, colder that, than that, and it starts to suffer. On that point, though, even if you're doing... Um, cocoa or soil make sure that your temp of your water is not freezing as you're introducing mm -hmm. it to those roots anyway so mm -hmm. you know both it works both ways if you're if it's coming out of your tap at minus one mm -hmm. then obviously that's not going to be too fun for the root zone so yeah 
So yeah. and you, your pH meter usually, if you got a good one, you know, like a blue lab, then that's gonna tell you what the temperature of your water is before you feed it to the plant as well. And if you leave it to yeah. sit in the room for like 12 hours and bubble it, then it's gonna be at the same temperature as the room is what your tent is in. And that's that's a great way to do it because it don't shock the plants too much then. It's a really good point though, and an oft overlooked. But I remember, I can't remember who said it, but like they they uh, compared plant roots to human schlongs and said, you know, shrinkage is real. Mm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah, if, if you're if bubble, like Bubble said, you're like right now, my my water, if I put it on like just on really cold though, it's fucking like, like if I drank it, it would probably give me like a brain freeze because it's fucking so free. Mm -hmm. So I stick my finger in the stream and tepid you know lukewarm even like maybe you don't want it hot you don't want it like i would say like not body temperature of humans but just like just under body temperature that's like if you if you were to jump in a swimming pool of this stuff it would be like ah oh, that's nice that's a nice cool relaxing yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. but you don't want it like fucking freezing so because yeah that can like water takes a lot to heat it up and if you dump in freezing fucking water in your your root zone it's going to stay cold like and mm -hmm. probably be interact with the nutrient absorption rates and all this kind of mm -hmm. shit you know sure uh, billy says just rub your water hard and it's, you know it will be warmer <laughs> yeah yeah you can How many it. Times? stir it really fast and the friction will make it warmer right <laughs> so didn't didn't they work out how many times it takes to slap a chicken to get it to cook so mate you just got to convert uh, that. yeah yeah that was the, the, the study <laughs> of the energy it takes to cook a chicken by slapping it yeah <laughs> uh danka dixie said would hot water bottles work to warm pretend yeah it would man and it will let off heat for a while but you, you don't want to keep changing the water over and over again do you, you like a few hours a few times a day I, that is a yeah. thing i've heard of in greenhouses like in bigger situations mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. They have big barrels of water that during the day will absorb all the heat of the greenhouse and at night will radiate that heat away and kind of keep it in a nice warmer um, situation um, compared to the outside. But uh, mm -hmm. that's applicable really only in, in big And You can get greenhouse uh, heaters as well, can't you? Like electrical um, ones. You can get like flame ones as well, but don't use any kind of flame in your grow room or in your house it's not a fucking good idea but there's electric ones you can get and they're just little small things and you plug them in they're made of ceramic and they just uh heat up and let off a little bit of heat just to uh heat up the ambient air around it and it works but you know it's not ideal again you've got to try not to use heaters if you can help it i think no matter what you do just use common sense mm. you know if it's if it looks dangerous it probably is if it makes a buzzing sound, then uh, run. You know, and if you do have to use heaters as well, you can take the extra precaution and get a fire extinguisher that will go off on its own. Automatic fire extinguishers, man. And if they get too hot, then they crack open and spray a load of shit all over your plants. But it's better than your house burning down. And you can get them as well, which are just gas. So if they do go off and have to put out a fire, then it's not going to damage your plants. Your plants will be fine like a co2 thing aren't they mm -hmm. yeah yeah your plants might like that yeah <laughs> it's help. important to really try not to use heaters if you can especially them fucking blowy ones because they're very expensive to run and they are very dangerous too so if you have to use a heater use oil rad and if, if you have to do that then make sure it's plugged into its own 
plug socket. It doesn't go in extension cables and shit. It's using too much wattage and you don't want to take that risk. Don't overload extension cables, man. Um, what else is there? Anything else to add there? I think we've pretty well covered. I don't really think of anything. I mean, mm -hmm. try and, yeah, if other rooms are warm, um, try and vent those rooms into the grill room or something. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. Just try and use what you have available. Yeah. Um, yeah. Introducing new and expensive, potentially dangerous components. Mm -hmm. You will be surprised how much these plants can take, man, and they can get a little bit chilly and still grow and still be okay. Just, just deal with it. This is part of the hobby, you know, you learn as you go. Uh, so insulation is always the first thing to recommend, you know, because that's going to be cheaper and it's going to be definitely cheaper to run because once it's play in place, it's not costing you any money. You know, so if you properly insulate the room, your grow room is in and preferably the tent as well. If you can properly insulate the tent, then that's going to save a lot on money and it will keep a lot of the heat in. Don't vent the air directly outside because that's just going to be pouring heat out the fucking window and you don't want to be doing that. So try and recycle the air as much as possible. And if it's getting too humid, use a dehumidifier, which will also add a little bit of heat. Uh, if we don't want to use a heater, you can use your HPS, right? You can use 315 CMH. You can use the 600 watt HPS, any kind of light like that with fans blowing at the light down towards the plant. So it blows the heat down. And you can also take the carbon filter or the extractor from the top of your tent and bring it down to the bottom. And that's going to pull the air downwards as well. And, and that will also help keep the heat flowing over the plants. So well, that's... slowing those fans down too would be a good idea. If yeah, 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 not, yeah. 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 As long as you're not getting humidity spikes, just slow those fans down a little bit. Yeah, your yeah, yeah, extractors help. and shit, slow them down so they're not putting as much heat out, as much air out so often. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. good choice. Yeah. And then for the hydro, you know, if you if you make sure your pots are raised off the ground for a start, so the the heat isn't getting pulled straight out of the pots. You don't want to do that shit. So make sure they're up off the ground, and if necessary, you can get an aquarium heater to keep the water warm enough so and that's just about everything really that's what that's what you have to do to keep your shit warm mm. it, it's not yeah, as difficult as you think but it can end up expensive if you go too far so be careful especially if it burns your house down that's very very expensive <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and hard to explain if you're not in a legal area you know what i'm saying <laughs> damn always scary you know, you're, you're always scared of things setting fire without a fucking heater being in there. I don't yeah, think I could well, leave the house and leave a heater running without being fucking scared no. the whole time I'm out. It's just not worth the risk, man. You can do it. You can do it. If the house is warm, your plants will be fine. You'll be fine. So we do have a, a couple of questions here. We have an MC grower. So I would like to know how they work out the ratio of indica slash sativa in a strain, e.g. 70, 30, 50, 50. What tests do they do to determine this? Cheers. It's a good question. It's a good question. Mm -hmm. yeah. Usually it's just lineage, right? Mm -hmm. Depending on what yeah. the, the parents were. That's a fucking bullshit marketing thing. There's no mm -hmm. such thing. It's like, oh, I mean, there are, I guess you, the indica sativa debate, you know, is, is a very... Those, those terms are vague and they shouldn't be used to describe really anything, I don't think. However, mm -hmm. the way, yeah, the way they do it is, is actually like, probably exactly like you said, it's lineage, you know, this is 
Super Silver Haze crossed with fucking Bubba Kush, so it's 50-50 because Bubba Kush is, someone has said it's 100% Indica, Super Silver Haze is, and again, those terms, like, who decides that? There is no test, yeah. do. there is no genetic marker of an Indica versus a Sativa, because those terms are just market terms mm. that have really just gotten so ingrained in the culture now that people use them. Um, and we know what they mean, you know, but um, they're they're not really indicative of anything except for the shape of a fucking plant. And, uh, yeah, you know, what you might think of when you're getting a sativa, like the effects, the flavors and stuff, you know, that not, not necessarily going to come in an 80% sativa, you know, plant or something. So my opinion is, yeah, that's just a part. That's just a bunch of marketing BS that really doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. I remember think? someone I remember someone saying it was more about plant traits than it was anything else. So as you said, you know, like for argument's sake, indica's being shorter, yeah. more leaves sort of thing. And then your sativa's having the longer leaves, usually a taller growing plant, all that sort of thing. Yeah. I and in in that very simplistic definition, yeah. Probably if it's more indica, it's going to be a shorter plant. If it's more sativa, it's going to be a taller plant. Yeah. But beyond that, I don't yeah it's not like there's a th indica thc and a sativa thc the, well, the cannabinoids yeah. are the same you're going to have different terpenes but they will cross over on fucking different plants like they'll be the same terpene in an indica indica plant as they would be in a sativa plant it just depends on what strain it is really isn't it? yeah well yeah and there's so many different things that go into the expression of those genetics in terms of like environment and medium you're growing in and all this other shit so like mm. just to buy a plant based on 70 30 is i don't know kind of mm-hmm. not great but yeah yeah I mean, secondary metabolites content more relevant secondary metabolites content more relevant mm-hmm. yeah and try uh savant here asked the question as well he says does turp color at harvest dictate the effect more than genetics and i'm, I'm sure he means uh, trichomes. trikes yeah yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, I don't know really. I would say making sure that the plant is properly finished no. and the THC is mature before harvesting, that will make the biggest difference. The color is a bit of a misnomer too. I think you know, like it. If I really don't think it really, there's a perfect linear relationship that says the more amber it gets, the more sedative and narcotic it will get. That. Mm. <laughs> that's so dependent on the genetics and the chemotype of the plant. Um, it just, that color change is something is changing obviously, but like it's an oxidation. It's a, it's, it's a pigmentation. Isn't it like, when the THC is turning into CBN? Well, no, because CBN is colorless and so is THC. So right. it's, it's not that it's something else that's indicating, I think like a ripeness thing, just like, you know, how leaves yeah. turn yellow from green to yellow. Mm-hmm. that's maybe the trichomes version of that but what is actually changing the color of the trichome head i don't think we've really elucidated that yet mm-hmm. and so that is not uh as much of an indicator of effect as the, the plant that you're growing itself i would say mm. just make yeah. sure that the plant's done man you know you can tell by the yeah. smell the yeah. the trichomes whether it looks frosty if it's going into senescence there's many other things that you need to look yeah. at to know if the plant's mm-hmm. done yeah yeah it's not just trichomes it's overall plant development that needs mm-hmm. to be looked at 
and all around the plant too, not just off the, the top bud that's closest to the light, if you know what I mean. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But check all around the plant. Yeah. Make sure it's all fully done. Yeah. I mean, I was uh, listening to another podcast, a breeder syndicate, not so dog. He's a pretty, well, I would say, you know, the definition of OG kind of thing um, at this point in the game. He uh, is in the, in the chem dog family specifically and uh chem dog apparently he tells a story where uh when chem dog was really famous in in uh i guess la there was brokers that would come and, and they would be driven by thc percentage and stuff and they would they would want this chem dog that was cut down early that tested higher in thc than the chem dog that was actually done because you know the people who grow it like not dog and others knew when it was done because they had so much familiarity with it when it was done it tested in at like 18 to 22 Right. And uh, so what does done this even mean? Like the highest THC mm. percentage? Is that done? If you ask mm. Frenchy, he would say like, no, there's there's a specific point in every plant's life based on the plant when it's done. And in, in his eyes, it was optimization for making hash. Right. And so that doneness is, I think, almost a subjective thing, depending on what you're growing for. Um, mm. But the peak, the peak thc development might not equal the the doneness right you know what mm-hmm. i mean in terms of its perfect expression of the profile but uh i don't know i mean it's it's yet to be determined probably mm. interesting all, uh, all yeah, still yeah. subjective at this point yeah. stonewall says do all plants go through senescence and is uh and is what and is and or is it color? dependent on is. yeah yeah, so let's try that okay. again. Do all plants go through senescence and is and show color change or is it dependent on temperature? It's a, I don't, you know, it, it wasn't written as well as it should have been there. So, <laughs> well, concentrate, bro. Yeah. <laughs> well, plants, all plants do go through senescence, you know, plants will die. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe there's some that, you know, there's that bristlecone pine that's fucking what, 5,000 years old. So maybe not that one. But um, spe- specifically marijuana plants, yes, they all will die mm-hmm. if uh, if given the opportunity to, you know, go through its life cycle um, in terms of the mat- maturation and uh, sexual reproduction phase. If it goes that far, then yeah, whether it's an auto or whether it's a photo, um, unless the light changes back, which you could revert and then theoretically keep it going. But to your question, yeah, most plants will start turning like yellow and shit. Not all will like go like blues and purples and blacks and all that shit that's dependent on both genetics and uh temperature if the genetics allow it will can bring that up but um genetics i would say what do you guys say yeah, yeah well that colors that, that colors were anthocyan and that's what's bringing out those purples and the blues and things like that so yeah. the more that a strain has that in its genetic profile the more likely you're going to see that but mm-hmm. they i mean senescence whereas the plant's eating itself. I mean, if you, uh, you do it basically when you flush anyway, really that's, you, you're kind of trying to trigger that to let the plant chew up some of those reserves before you, well, that's why I do it anyway. Let the, and then you'll see as that they start to yellow off and they start to eat that. doesn't matter whether that's auto or photo, but. I know there's, there's uh, I've never seen them nor have I smoked them or anything, but like I've heard stories of in Thailand, for example, there's plants that kind of just like flower indefinitely because it's oh, like a yeah. and they don't have 
anything but 12-12. So mm-hmm. I don't know how long. I imagine those plants eventually die too. But who knows how long they can like keep kind of half veg, half flowering sort of idea. Mm. Uh, but there are probably some weird shit out there like that for sure. But um, generally, yeah, I would say that. Hmm. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, because plants growing at 12-12 on the equator there. What the fuck do they do? Yeah, right. Mm. They just uh, flower kind of long and forever and maybe, I don't know. I don't know much about equatorial, like that equatorial aspect mm. of things. So. Mm. Yeah, cannabis is an annual plant, so it, it does kind of die towards the end of its life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It shouldn't live any longer than a year unless you re-veg it. Yeah, so maybe I'm wrong with those ties and that was bullshit, but... No, but it's possible it. because you, yeah. you could still be getting light. Maybe it'll just re-veg itself for a few weeks and then start flowering yeah. again. I'm not too sure. We should go. Thailand's legal now. So Let's go yeah. check it out. Let's go. We'll let you know wow. from the field, everybody. We'll, be, we'll yeah. speak to you soon. Yeah, right, that's right. yeah. <laughs> Go up to Chiang Mai and get some real tie sticks and shit. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, so good questions. That's we did have question. one more, but we kind of uh, we covered that during the grow guides there. Uh, could discuss false economy using the LED with an additional heat source. For example, use 315 CMH, which produces light as well as heat. This saves you money. Yes. Uh, again, an important point, you know, you don't want to be spending a shitload of money on your grow because every time you add more money to it, it reduces the efficiency. And you spending more and more money to grow bud and you don't want to do that you want to spend less and less you want to be getting cents on the gram rather than dollar on the gram you know yes so just be as efficient as possible and really if you're keeping your house warm you shouldn't need to add any extra heaters yeah but if you're in the garage and shit then it it becomes a little different just be very careful with the load but that's about it right yeah i think yeah pretty much anything else to add no, no. I think, yeah, it's like if you don't have your shit in, like if you're just putting a cardboard box outside, it's like, yeah, that's gonna be hard. Mm. It will be so just insulate, insulate. That's the way to do it. Replan and uh, mm-hmm. do it right. So let's go to the outro then. Let's do it. And there we go, everybody. That was this week's Grow Guides on how to keep your grow room warm. If you have any other suggestions or any feedback you would like to offer us, then head over to percysgrowroom.com. Make sure you're a member over there and you'll be able to leave us any feedback or any questions or suggestions or anything over there in the high on homegrown section of the forum. So as usual, thank you very much for downloading and listening to the show. I hope to catch you on the live show on Sunday. And if not, we'll catch you with the Cannabis News on Monday, Interview on Wednesday, and Grow Guides on Friday. But that will be the last week for a couple of weeks when there'll be episodes. We're going to take some time off. So thank you, as always, for downloading and listening to the show. We massively appreciate every single one of you guys who downloads and listens to the show every week. You're all legends. I hope you stay high, stay safe, and enjoy the rest of your week. We'll catch you on Sunday. But if not, we'll catch you on Monday. Have a good one. Goodbye. Goodbye.